I'm in a series right now. I am the heart series, and I want to continue with that tonight. In need of is the title, and if you'll pray with me, we're going we're gonna to dive in right now. Amen? Father, just thank you for this very special moment. I thank you for everyone who so generously gave toward those who are suffering and misplaced, homeless at times, those struggling in um, Houston and the surrounding area. Father, we just pray that you would bless uh, LifeVine in a powerful way as they are there serving uh, those in need. And Lord, you would just uh, use this finances that uh, was received to send out to them, that you would use it in a mighty way. Father, we thank you for your word, and even as we dive into it, I just have to lean into your grace, lean into your anointing right now. Father, you use man and just ask that you would speak through me. I just pray you bless your people, our guests, anyone that doesn't know you. Father, I pray that right now you would captivate their heart. We thank you that you're in this place right now. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. I want to talk to you about in need of, uh, you're not just needed at the heart. And I believe me, you are needed at the heart. Look at your neighbor right now and say, you are needed. Now, now do it in a real, don't do it in a weird way like you're needed. Do it in a real way, a real, not weird, but real. Look at them and say, you are needed. It's kind of weird when people go, ah, you're needed, like awkwardly. Don't do that. You're needed. Just, it's, it's okay. Look at him. Bobby, you're needed. Like that. Do it one more time. You're needed. You're needed. Good, good, good. You may not be fully functioning. You may not have found your ministry yet at the heart, and I want to let you know why, because you're somewhere in the future, and you look much better than you do right now. You're somewhere in the future, and you look much better than you do. You're s- That's okay. A little more. Huh? Huh? That's right. You're somewhere in the future, and you look much better than you do right now. So it may be because you're new, uh, but you're needed. We believe in fulfilling the Great Commission here. We don't think it's a suggestion. We think it's a command, and we want to do whatever we can do in fulfilling the Great Commission. We don't want to make it the Great Suggestion. Amen? Tell your neighbor, another neighbor, it's not a suggestion. And so, at Heart of the City Church, in a setting like this, we believe we're fulfilling the Great Commission. Teaching, baptizing, people getting saved, come on, worship, um, streets Friday night, city groups, all part of the Great Commission. Every son and daughter under my voice right now is needed in the church to fully function in the church, the local church. Part of the city church and the big C church, which we're part of the big C church, to serve, to invest, to give, to build relationships, to build a community. But here's the contrast. You ready? I asked you a question. It's so strange. You ought to preach sometime and ask a question and everyone look at you like hoot owls. Do it again. Ready? Good, good. Here's the contrast. You're needed at the heart, 
but you need the church. This is the contrast. I'm going to prove it biblically tonight. If you, if you don't already know that, I assume most of you know that because you're here. But if you don't, you need the church. You need the heart. We, I need the church. We need the church. Since you're here, I'm believing that you need the heart. And so I want to read a, f- a couple scriptures. Uh, I, I, I like this first one. I've been using it for many, many years when it's pertaining to the heart because it's just beautiful. Ephesians 4.16. If you have your Bibles, you should just turn there. Ephesians 4.16. It's going to be on the Sky Bible. You're going to see it right now. You're looking at it. But I think it's also good to, to look it up. I want, to, I want you to see the whole scripture is beautiful. I'm going to point out a, one word in the scripture. In all three of these scriptures, I want to point out one word in the scripture for you to look at. And it says this, from whom the whole body Joint, and it's not talking about the physical body here. It's talking about the, the spiritual body. It's talking about the body, the body of Christ, the church, from whom the whole body joined and knit. That's the word I want you to kind of remember tonight. Say that with me, knit. Yes. We're going to talk about that just for a minute. Joined and knit together. You're, you're, you're to be knitted, joined and knitted together. Knit together by whatever joint supplies, say that with me, supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Every body part in this room right now, you need to do your share. You have something that everybody else needs in this room You supply something, every joint supplies, effective working by every part does its share. Look what happens when you're really connected in the body, really connected, causes growth of the body for the edifying of of itself in love. How many know that anything that uh, is healthy is somewhat going to grow? God wants you to grow. He wants you to grow individually. He wants the church to grow. Some people have a problem with the church growing. I don't know why. It's been growing since the New Testament. Hallelujah. It's our vision uh, to, not in the sense of growing for the growing sake, but the sense of the Great Commission's sake and seeing people saved's sake and making disciples' sake and seeing, that's the, that's the New Testament church. They, they, it grew. It multiplied. Daily, it, it grew daily in the New Testament. One day, it grew 3,000 like right now. So, everyone say knit. I'm going to get back to that one. Colossians 2, 18, 19. I really wanted to just really read 19, but 19 kind of starts out unique because it says, and not holding fast to the head. And you're like, what does that mean? We're not holding fast to the head because we want to hold fast to the head. The head is Jesus. But you get the the drift of it when you read verse 18. It says, let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. Look, here we go. And not holding fast to the head. So it's kind of a scripture of correction. 
from whom all the body, who's the head? Who's the body? Thank you. From whom the whole, all the body, nursed and knit together, look at that word again, nursed and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with increase that is from God. Everyone say knit. Last scripture, listen to this one. Not the last scripture, that's not true. Last scripture when it pertained to this word. Judges 2011. So all the men of Israel were gathered against the city. Thank you, Karen. Wow. Come on, 606. Let me try that again. Here we go. So all the men of Israel were gathered together uh, against the city together as one man. As one man. Knit. Let Let me give you the... Webster's revised unbridged dictionary of this word knit. Uh, you should look it up in the Greek. You can in the, in the Hebrew. It, it, I just loved how it just laid it out. Just listen. This is going to take me about a minute or so to read it. To form into a knot. This is what God wants to do with the church. Or into knots. To tie together as a cord to fasten by tying, to form as a textile fabric by the interlacing of yarn or thread in a series of connecting loops by means of needles, neither, either by hand or by machinery, as to knit stockings, to join, to cause to grow together, to unite closely, to connect, to engage as hearts knit together in love. Can you kind of feel where this is going. I mean, God wants to tie us together, knit us together, the body of Christ, to draw together, to contract into wrinkles. We can do without the wrinkles, but anyway. <laughs> you don't, you're not concerned about the wrinkles until you hit like 50, right? To form a fabric of interlacing yarn or thread, to weave by making knots or loops, to be united closely, to grow together as broken bones will in time knit and become sound. Everyone say knit. Union knitting texture. My understanding is a limb, if you got your arm cut off, you better get it on your body in about six to eight, six to 12 hours. Now, if you're a doctor in here, you may be like, jail. the times is different now, you know. This is just what I understand. Six to 12 hours, you better get your foot back on your leg, right? What's going to begin to take place? Can somebody say die? Why is it going to die? It's not what? It's not, it's not connected. It's not knitted together. It's not knotted together. You, you're disconnected. Everyone say disconnected. A finger is different than a nose or an ear. Your ear and your nose has a little more grace. It, it can stay off the side of your head a little longer. I don't know how much longer. I don't want to try it. But it, it's, it, it can stay out a little longer. All body parts need to be attached to the body. 
to function correctly, an arm, a finger, a, a nose, a calf. Uh, they don't do good on their own. Matter of fact, when you see them on their own, it's kind of scary. <laughs> Think about it. All of a sudden, you're walking down the road and there's a foot. <laughs> right? It's scary, man. There's a hand on the sidewalk. There's a the nose laying on your porch. You don't, you don't, it's weird. You, you don't want that to happen. Now think about it. You're a body part. You're a body part. You don't want to be just hanging out on the sidewalk. You want to be connected to what? To the body. Let's use some internal uh, members for a minute. Because it's not just everything that we can see. How about the liver, the pancreas, or a lung, or a heart? They don't do well either on their own. They need blood, nerves, spinal cord, oxygen. Internal or external body parts are needed on the body. They need to be connected. In order for the body part to grow and to be healthy, everyone say healthy. You can be a, a hand laying on the sidewalk, but it doesn't mean that it's healthy. You can, you can cut, I can cut your finger off, stick it up in my office drawer, maybe in seven days, people are going to jail, what's going on in your office, Right? It's still a finger. It's a smelly finger. But it's a finger. It's not functioning. It's not supporting the rest of the body. I need the body of Christ. I, you need the body of Christ. How many know that your marriage needs the body of Christ? I have a wonderful wife. Love my wife. She's foxy. I love my wife. Been married 20, is that an old word, foxy? They use, people have outused the word hot. You know what I'm saying? You, of course she's hot, but that's, that's overly used. So I'll just say foxy. Though I love my wife, how many of you know that those you love can really tick you off? <laughs> I know there's one couple in here that's, J.O., we never fight. And God bless you. I don't know what planet you're from. I, I know you're out there. Because, you know, I, I know one couple, they're wonderful, man. They just don't fight. I'm like... What? <laughs> that's not me. And that's not my wife. We're pretty, we have probably no Italian in us, but we're pretty passionate Italian type marriage. And we bicker a little bit. 
And we get stuck in a conflict or we have in the past. And guess what? There's someone there that is 10 years ahead of you in the church that's been there and done that. That can, you can, I mean, I've been over to my pastor's house before, walked in and begin to share or call him on the phone, kind of stuck in an argument. And they're there. They've been there. They, they've already been there. There's somebody in the church right now, no matter what you're going through, if you take advantage of the body part, if you as a body part take advantage of the body that's connected, you can reach out and you can find somebody that's been there, done that, that's willing to walk with you through it, to encourage you on in your marriage. Your marriage, listen, needs the body of Christ. It needs a church. The devil's blowing body parts apart that's not in the church. And it's the, God wants to really help you. There's people there that wants to cheer you on. And you may say, Jail, you know, that couple, they look so calm. I mean, I'm kind of intimidated because they got it all together. They may have 10 years on you. They may be calm, but I'm going to tell you, they've probably been through it. And let me, tell, let me show you a scripture. Acts 14.22. Acts 14.20. It's a beautiful scripture. This is Paul talking to disciples. He's talking to the church. And he says this. Strengthening the souls of the disciples is what he's doing. Strength, I hope that happens to you tonight. Strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith, and saying, Here we go, we must say that with me, must yes. say this with me through yes. many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. Must. Here, here's a couple key words right here. You ready? Through. Everyone say through. 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 Uh, here's another one. Uh, 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 let, me, let me find it. We must. Everyone say must. must. There's, there's another key word. Here's another key word. Tribulations. Say that with me. Tribulations. tribulations. If you look up tribulations, it means pressure, pressing. And um, if you've been in a marriage any amount of time, and it's a real marriage, there's pressured situations. How many of you been there? Now everyone tell the truth. And, you know, I've, I've had situations that make a preacher want to cuss. At times in a marriage. Are you all with me? Billy Graham, they asked him, and, and I hope this is a correct uh, quote because I heard that he said this. He said, hey, Billy, have you... Pastor Graham, have you ever considered a divorce? And he said, never. Murder on several occasions. <laughs> we need the body of Christ. We need the example of those who's been there. They fought. They didn't give up. During those pressure situations, the, just the, the tightening and the pressure situations, a lot of people don't make it. And they, you know what they do? They divorce. They, more the pressure. But I'm going to tell you, you get through those pressure situations, what's, what's on the other end of every pressure, tight pressure situation, tribulation is life. Life is on the very, you want that amazing marriage. Well, what's going to make your marriage amazing is the pressure cooker. 
It's going to tenderize your heart. It's going to tenderize your marriage. And you're going to come out smelling good, tasting good. Everything's going to be good. But through the pressure situations, the thing that you've been praying for, now don't ask God to deliver you of. You need to go through it. Everyone say through. Through many tribulations shall you enter the kingdom of God. We need the cheerleading of the church. We need the wisdom of the church and the counsel of the church and the sharpening of the church and the teaching of the church. And we need the heart, the, the church, the body. And uh, I tell you who else needs not just your marriage, but your children, your, your kids. Listen to me. Your kids need the church. Even if you feel like, hey, I could just about go to any church and be fine, get Get your kids in a good church. You want, I love what Craig said. Craig said tonight, he, his, his, his four-year-old came in and so excited to go to, to, to kids' church. That, that's what you want. And not just kids' church, but your young people in varsity and then young adults. We call it the pipeline. Your kids need the church. We, we believe you don't have to go out and be crazy and go out and sow some kind of wild oats, but you can be a Jesus freak from birth. Follow Jesus. Because it's a cool thing to do. You don't need to go do heroin or crack or meth or weed or whatever. You need to do the church. Your children need the church. You need to get your children the church, I was uh, at our last water baptism. Uh, one of the young men, he just went through, uh, he just came through camp and, and he was standing there. He was actually getting rebaptized. He felt like, you know, he just wanted to make this commitment to Christ. And I told him, I said, you know, the, it's like, because I, I just see young people, you know, they get real excited at camp. And I go, it's like you're a little log and you're a log and guess what you need? You need a lot of logs around you that's on fire. And, and, and he looked at me, he said, wow, that is so cool. What, what those logs are is the church. You need the fiery log beside you. You need to come in into the worship and presence of God and experience God. And you need people. You need the church. Your children need the church. Don't get all lazy on the weekend and, and different times. Come on, get your kids to church. Amen. Your kids need the church. Not just your relationships and your, your children, but your whole family needs the church. Your whole family. Families go through seasons just like I was talking about. It could be a death in the family. It could be something going on business-wise, financially. Families go through seasons. And through those times, through many tribulations, shall you enter the kingdom of God. You need the church. Listen to the scripture, Hebrews 10, 36. For you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. I love that word endurance there is hypomony. Say that with me, hypomony. Hypomony or hypomony, one or the other. Hypomony, hypomony. To me, it's like this. It's like, for you have need of hypomony. That is, to me, a military term. And it's like, hold, you got to hold, you got to hold the line. You got to hold, as a father, as a daddy, you got to hold the line. As a mother, you have to hold the line. As a family, you have to hold the line. As a young daughter or a young man, you have to hold the line. No swerving when it comes to your faith. And when you hold the line throughout 
tough times in families, situations, or whatever you may be going through, I want to let you know what will happen is that you'll receive the promise that the Scripture's talking about. You'll receive the promise, and your body, you're stronger, your marriage is going to get stronger, your family's going to get stronger, your children's going to be serving Jesus, you're going to be united as a family. It's a good thing. We need the church. You need the church during the summer, too. Now, I know some of you back after summer, and I'm really glad you're back. But you can get crazy during the summer. You need the church in the summer. You need the church in January. You need the church at football season and the NBA and baseball. Baseball lasts forever. You better not be out for baseball season. It's eternal. Right? You need it during soccer season. Hunt season, fishing season. Every season, you need the church. Are you, are you feeling me? We need the church. Tell your neighbor right now, you need the church. I asked some people to give me some feedback on why they needed the church. And let me just read some feedback. These aren't exact quotes. Some of them are exact quotes. Some of them are not. Here's some, everyone say feedback. Thank you. I love feedback. The church is a faith community. The church is a family community. I need accountability. Can somebody say accountability? Anybody else need accountability? I need someone asking me about the good, the bad, and the ugly. I need friends going in the same direction. This particular person, leadership, helped them overcome sin because the more leadership they were involved in, it's like, hey, man, I better be keeping my life right, right? Personally, I'm like a boat motor. I do better in the water started under pressure. Some people are different. I do better under pressure. I need the church because of others. I I need truth preached to me or to us. We cannot convince ourselves often it's someone else preaching that brings conviction. It's like you can't convince yourself in the truth. Need the worship atmosphere. I need not everyone not agreeing with me, uh, not all the time, to accomplish my call in life. Listen to my, my beautiful wife. This, listen to this quote that she had, if you'd put that up. Listen to this. I have so many different relationships, friendships, acquaintances that, such, uh, that have such a varied view of the church. I have been both hurt and healed within it. How many of you can kind of feel that, hurt and healed? It is the mystery of God's design to be glorious, free, yet live by magnificent boundaries that reveal daughters rather than drifters, sons rather than slaves. It brings heaven to earth in the most perplexing, powerful way. My wife can write. (laughs) Listen to this one. I need the church because I can't accomplish the vision that God's given us by myself. It takes an army. It takes a family. It takes a community. How many know that Jesus 
really loves the church. I mean, he loves you individually, every person, in, but he loves the church in a magnificent. Listen to some of these scriptures, just his passion for the church. Listen to this, John two seventeen. Then the disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house has eaten me up. Jesus loves the church. That word house is oikos. Listen to the, what the definition of oikos is. It means a dwelling, more or less extensive uh, by implication. Listen to this, a family, a home, a house, household, a temple. Jesus loves the church. Listen to this scripture, Ephesians 5, 25. Very common scripture, but I just hope that God just blows it off in your heart today when it comes to the church. Husbands, how many husbands out there? This is a good encouragement for you. Love your wives. Every wife, look at your husband right now and say, you better love me. It didn't sound like another suggestion. <laughs> Just as, now, fill me on this. I'm not really talking about relationships, but I am. Look what it says. Just as Christ also loved the church. Jesus loves the church. And he, 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 so, he so radically loves it. Look what he did. And gave himself for her. Jesus loves the church. Jesus gave himself for her. Listen to this beautiful scripture. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Not forsaking, look what it says. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. As is the manner of some. How many of you know that some people, they... It still happens today. Don't be one of those sums. As is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and as so much the more as you see the day approaching. There is a lot of assaults that goes against the church. If you're a pastor, and if you're not a pastor, if you're and very actively involved, there is a lot of assaults that go against the church. In some, some nations... It's an assault from the government. In other nations, it's an assault against another religion or a religion that's assaulting the church. In America, it might be the weather's good. But there's all kinds of assaults against uh, the church. I say that because let the word of God convict you tonight, not forsaking the assembling together. Well, J.O., we're assembled together. I mean, you're preaching to the choir. Well, I'm glad we're pre I'm preaching to the choir. You're here. But I got to remind you in these things. And those who might be new or those who kind of, you're, you're like Bon Jovi when it comes to the church. You're in and out of love. Just, <laughs> You're like, love her and then leave her. Right? Do away with Bon Jovi. Not the person, his song. I like Bon Jovi. He's all right. Because he, he sings a song about prayer. 
Let me close with this. Kind of a long closing. We need the church because, number one, we need his presence. I don't care how spiritual, how holy, or how cool you are. You can't get, in my opinion, the presence of God like the body of Christ coming together and worshiping Jesus. Get all up in your car. Get all up in your cave. Wherever you go, whatever you do, you're just one body part. And we need the whole body. We need the presence of God. We need to experience it frequently. Not just once a month or once a year or Easter or Christmas. We need the presence of God. In his presence is fullness of joy. We need to be saturated in his presence. I don't know what church you may have came from. Uh, Hopefully, maybe you got born again here and you've not been in another church. That's wonderful. But I'm going to let you know right now that we believe that God, we don't believe it, we know it because the Bible says that God is enthroned in the praises of his people. He inhabits the praises of his people. He inhabits the praises of Israel. When we worship him, you guys, we're not just singing some songs because it's cool. We worship him out of a heart of praise. When your heart is connected and you're really praising and worshiping from his heart, pure heart, he comes into this place. We need his presence. Listen to these scriptures. Matthew 18, 20. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Look, look at what happens with, with Solomon and dedicating the temple. Look at this. It says, when Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and sacrifices. And the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And the priest could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory had filled the Lord's house. When all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord on the temple, they bowed their faces to the ground on the pavement and worshiped and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Amen. Amen. We also, not just his presence, but we need perspective. We need a perspective. How many of you know if you're a body part, you only have one perspective, right? Say that you're a nose. You have a nose perspective. Say you're a forehead. You have a forehead perspective. You have a perspective. Okay, listen. First Corinthians 12, 12. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up of one. Everyone say one. one. Look, we make up one body, one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 19 through 21. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. What if we all were a nose? How weird would that be? Just. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. You can't say to somebody in this room, I don't need you. Just because they're not like you, you need them. That The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. You're a knucklehead if you don't think you need your foot. I, I didn't mean to call anybody a knucklehead. Unless it fits. (laughs) 
How many of you need your foot? How many of you need your hand? How many of you need your neck? How about your thumb? As a body part, remember, I have a perspective. And by the way, I think my perspective is right. My perspective is right. Until I hear somebody else's perspective. And I'm like, wow, that foot's got it going on. That ear, they got it going on. I don't really have a, a, the right perspective on this. And all of a sudden, from all the other body parts come wisdom and advice and a different angle. And how many know that a foot has a different angle than a forehead? But we need both. Sometimes we just need a foot. You didn't get that. The right foot of fellowship. Not just perspective. Say this with me, power. There's power in the body of Christ. Listen to this. I'm, I'm just going to read. Let, let me read this one. Verses Acts 1, 4 through 5. And bidding assembly together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the, the Father, which he said, you have heard for John the Baptist with baptized with water, but you shall be baptized in the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Look at verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Back up. Look at the first four letters, four words. And being assembled together with them. They were together. They were together. When the body of Christ comes together, man, there is power. We need the power. Let me finish with this one. Not just perspective, not just power. We need the precious family of God. Everyone say precious. The church is precious. Every member in here is precious. I know I give you a little hard time. It's kind of funny, kind of fun. I hope you think it's fun. But, but you're precious, and we need one another. Listen to what the Bible says. Ephesians 3.15 from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Look what Jesus says whenever his earthly mother and brothers and sisters came to the door. Listen to this. Mark 3, 31 through 35. Then his brothers and his mother, not his sisters, his brothers and his mother came, standing outside, sent to him, calling him. And a multitude was setting around him. And they said to him, look, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. But he answered, saying to them, uh, answered them saying, who is my mother or my brothers? And he looked around in a circle at those who sat about him and said, look, here are my mother and here are my brothers. Whoever does the will of God is my, my, uh, my brother, my sister, and my mother. Psalm 68, 5 through 6. A father of the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy habitation. God sets the solitary in families. He brings out those who are bound in prosperity, but he re, he's rebellious, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. We're family. When you come in here, there's a reason why we play that song that we got special permission to play. We are family. 
because we really believe that at Heart of the City Church. Look at your, look at your neighbor one more time and say, I need you. Look at it one more and say, and you need me.